0: From Relay FM, this is The Pen Addict, episode 137. Today's show is brought to you by lynda.com, where you can instantly stream thousands of courses created by industry experts for a 10-day free trial. Visit lynda.com slash penaddict and Squarespace. Start here, go anywhere. My name is Mike Hurley, and I am joined by the man, the man with a plan, Mr. Brad Dowdy.
1: I have very little plans, actually, Mike, um... You should know that from our conversations last night or this morning, as I was freaking out about planning for this show. But as always, it comes together uh, with your your awesome help, and uh, you know we we always get it together. Always that plan always comes together at the end.
0: Sure does. We do, it's, what, <laughs> it's how we it's how we roll.
1: That is how we roll on the on the Panatic Podcast, and we're gonna we're gonna do something that is like. I don't know, not what you should do on a podcast or not what you should do when you write or, you know, not what you, you should do when you're sharing information with every everyone. We're going to start with the very best thing you're going to hear this episode right out the gate. What do you think about that? Sounds great. We're not even going to lead up to like, um, you know, we're not going to have a big peek and, and bring it home. We're just going to go with the best thing in the episode right out the gate. And It's an email we got from a reader, Justin, and I forwarded you this email, Mike, so you've seen it, right? Yeah, so I'm gonna read this because uh, it was it was very important to me. So everyone, uh, grab a drink, sit back, listen to me, read this email for about a minute, and uh, and then we'll then we'll chat about it. So this is from Justin. He says, "Dear Brad and Mike, I never write into shows and say thanks to the host. That's just not me. But I'm going to make an exception for you guys. Almost a year ago, I was told my services were no longer required due to a tough market, and I was very suddenly unemployed." My wife and de- daughter depended on my income, too, so it was tough not to have a job. I really felt low. Listening to another podcast on 5 by 5 one of the hosts mentioned this great show he'd been listening to called The Pen Addict. As a lifelong pen enthusiast, I was intrigued, so I downloaded a random episode. Over the next seven months of demoralizing unemployment, listening to your podcast was one of the few things that made me happy. I went back to episode one and listened to every single one. I'd never been unemployed before. I'm 36, and it was embarrassing for me. The hours I spent listening to the show made walking to and from the local job center bearable. In the few hours I spent not applying for jobs each week, I dusted off my old Lamy Safari and played with that. I asked my family to buy me inks and a converter for my birthday as I couldn't afford to buy them myself and ended up with a few bottles of Diamine. I had so much fun with just that and I felt like I was part of a community. I was afraid that when I did get a job, I wouldn't have time to listen anymore. But as it turns out, I'm now a sales rep and I spend hours every day driving to appointments. Now that I'm back on my feet, I've just bought an orange Twisby Diamond 580 AL. And I can't tell you how much I love this pen. It's not something I would have known about without your show. So thanks again. I really wanted to do something to more more support to you and to say thanks. So I just made my first NotCo order and I'm awaiting its arrival any day now. I've wanted to look out in a fodder stack since you launched those months ago, but I just couldn't afford them, and I'm so glad to finally have them on the way. I also tell anyone that will listen to use your sponsors and hand out your codes when I can. A friend just set up a Squarespace site using your ink code. I'll keep listening and I'll keep supporting as best as I can for as long as you guys keep the show going. So I guess that I just wanted to let you know that your crazy show with two guys talking about pens and paper made a big difference to me. For an hour or so every week, I left my troubles at the door, put on some headphones, and listened to you natter on about all the stuff that I was into, the kind of stuff that nobody else in my life is really interested in. I didn't feel like a weirdo for liking fountain pens and for caring about what paper I used because there were other people out there that cared too. From the bottom of my heart, thank you for the show and all the hours of fun you've provided. I wish you both every success in the future. Kind regards, Justin. P.S. I promise I did write this out with pen and paper first. How good is that?
0: It's amazing.
1: The first time I read it, I, I literally got, uh, I got a little teary. I'm not going to lie. You know, I'm an emotional guy. <laughs> and I just stared at that and I was like, wow, that's for someone to pour it all out there um, to us like that was really amazing. And uh, we appreciate you as a listener, Juster Justin, and I'm glad you're on your feet and I'm glad we can give you the and everyone else that little respite for an hour a week because it's a respite for us too. You know, we all have uh all kinds of crazy things going on in our life. So I know Mike and I uh are glad to be able to get on here and uh and have a little fun for a little while and uh and uh I I'm I'm glad uh you know guys like Justin um really enjoy the show and that, that means a lot to us to see to see things like that. So I really appreciate it, Justin. Thank you. Whew I'm gonna get choked up again, Mike. All right. So we're gonna go right from the the very best part of this show to the very worst part of the show. So um that's that's podcasting one over one, right? Get all the good stuff and the bad stuff out right out the gate. Um <laughs>
0: Yeah, pro at this. 137 episodes in. You got it nailed down.
1: Yeah, we're gonna do exactly what we're not supposed to do. But this this is a quickie, and uh, everyone just wanted an update uh on the Esther Brook situation, as Mike calls it. Um You know, last week we were talking about how one of our listeners got kicked off their Facebook page and blocked. And, you know, all we wanted to do was find out where the pins were being made. So now that they're finally in retailers, retailers have to be responsible for asking those questions, right? So I figured it was very easy to email one of the retailers, which I did. It's Farney's pins, and they confirm that the pins are made in China. Now, we all assume that if you listen to this show. And I just want to be very clear for new listeners of the show that's okay. Pins made in China are perfectly fine. It's the way Estabrook is going about hiding that fact and charging an exorbitant price for this pen is the problem. It's nothing to have to do with where they're made. It's how Estabrook's handling themselves in, in hiding that information and uh, making a point to, um, I guess, cover that up, for lack of a better term. So... Just wanted to point that out that, but I did get confirmation from uh, one of the vendors that's carrying the pin. So, Does that that changing thing for you, Mike? You you pretty much knew that, right? I mean, that's just what it's gonna be.
0: Well, I mean, it was obvious, but like, okay. So tell me then, what's the issue with it being made in China? Like, you you you're not mentioning it like it's a positive in any way.
1: Sure, it's t- it's twofold. One. Is what I mentioned last week. Every word out of Estabrook's mouth on the internet is Estabrook pens, comma America's original fountain pen, comma okay. So they're slamming that down everyone's throat, and it's it's a misdirect, right? It's not. They're trying to misdirect you from the facts. By using America in every sentence the second part is the price um, it, it's extraordinarily expensive for probably what it's really there. I don't see anything special about that pen that should cost more this should be like a $20 to $30 pen I'm guessing um, I'm sure Estabrook would disagree with me and give me all kinds of points to where this is why it costs this much and this is why it costs that much but these are The acrylics that they're using already exist. They're not, they're not new for them. Um, the nibs, everything is just like stock Chinese fountain pen. Like we've all seen before and stock Chinese fountain pens range from like 10 to $25 and they're charging 70. So it, the math doesn't add up to me. So those are my, those those are the two primary issues. So who knows? Who knows? So we'll see. It's, uh, it's a fluid situation, as they say so one one quick point on um, on our architecture writing talk we had uh, a couple weeks ago. Um, Susan wrote in and I kind of knew this and I I didn't explain myself clearly when I was talking about why architects write the way they do so Susan Susan cleared it up cleared it up very succinctly so let me let me throw this out there. She says, hi guys, I'm an architect. And I worked back when we all hand wrote our drawings. And the point of the lettering perfection is so that all the drawings all look like they were done by the same person. So when many draftsmen are working on a set of drawings, that no one can tell who worked on one sheet that the drawings looked uniform. So when I started, I spent the first two weeks just lettering over and over again until it matched the head draftsman's lettering. So that makes a lot of sense. Right, Mike?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah yes. definitely. Yeah,
1: yeah. So you don't want any. Number one, you want to be able to not confuse any letters with other letters or other numbers. And number two, when you're working on a giant set of blueprints, and you know, back in the day before CAD and all these automated systems, you didn't want any different looking lettering causing confusion on, so, uh, on your paperwork.
0: Wait. I don't know if you have the answer to this. Does that mean that everyone's look the same, or everyone in a certain practice look the same?
1: I think everyone in a certain practice look the same. That's what Susan was saying. She spent two weeks learning the head draftsman's style.
0: That would super suck if you change job.
1: <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> but I, yeah, but I think the the concept is that the base style for everyone is ballpark the same. So maybe she didn't have to learn too much, right? It's not like I have to learn your handwriting, or you had to learn my handwriting. We're both learning from the same set of handwriting, but our individual um, individual lines or lettering would be slightly different. Does that make sense? Yeah. So if we're if you and I are learning from a textbook to write the same way, our lettering is going to be close, but there might be some slight differences that would um, that would show up on paper
0: yeah yeah so. anyway, you I just, just wanted say, to mention that i mean i don't even I don't even understand how it could be possible like <laughs> I, seriously like i I couldn't draw uh, like write like somebody else like in two weeks, yeah God, it feels like it would take me years to, yeah yeah well, she's probably
1: already had all the the training in school, and that's what I'm saying she's already had like by the time she's getting to that point, she's already had a huge amount of training in general. Right. So now she just has to fine tune what she already has to match um, her office, her office style, I guess, if you will. So. All right. This next question is interesting, Mike, and this one, this one's for you. Why don't you read this one?
0: So, uh, yeah, this this question came in to me uh, via email from listener Anne Um, and Anne wanted to know. Because you know we were talking about having like additional notebooks lying around, and people mm-hmm. said, "Why don't you make them to journals?" And me and you have both said we don't journal.
1: Yeah, and, and we're gonna we're gonna elaborate on this later.
0: Yeah, Anne um, suggested, "Why don't we try the bullet journal method?" Um, I don't know if Anne had heard previous uh, episodes of the show, um, where because we we've spoken about it a few times. We've had uh, Ryder Carroll, the creator of the bullet journal, on a couple of times. Um, and it is a good question. It is a good question, though, because it is apparently a, a good method, uh, and it's probably an interesting follow-up piece because we have both said that we were going to try it out. Now, uh, I am a backer of the Kickstarter, um, and Ryder has been updating, and I'm pers- per- personally, sorry, waiting until I receive my. Leuch, um, I can't say it as well as he did. Uh, That's pretty good, though. Um, my bullet journal journal, basically. And I'm going to I'm gonna give it a go there. Uh, mm-hmm. Have you looked at any of the online tools he's created? I haven't yet.
1: I have not yet. I've just looked at the, the PDFs and documents that he sent out so far. Um, if there's any system that would work for me, it's the bullet journal. It's very simple. When we first had Rider on, way before the Kickstarter... Um, when the bullet journal system just came out, I tried it for a little bit and it went pretty well. I mean, I think this is a system I could get behind. And as I'm finding myself, I don't know about you, Mike, but I'm finding myself getting so much busier um, in these past six months um, that I'm getting close to have to, I, I it would never be like a date book journal, but it would be something like the bullet journal system. So just to keep, I find myself circling back on a lot of things because i forget to forget to do it because i don't have it written down in a good system um and so i think the bullet journal is about as close to my type of system as there is so um when this when this book gets in i think uh i think i'll give it a shot again and um i i think i'm about to the point where i need something like that so i don't i don't know then you know it if you your life you said you were actually using pen and paper slightly less just working at home but um are you using are you using like a, a digital tool like a calendaring or task app uh for most of your like your daily tasks
0: 100% omnifocus and yeah. Fantastical. I, mm-hmm. uh, relay would would cease to exist if i didn't use those right. apps like i rely on them so heavily right you know I, you, that's it basically without those things i'm yeah. kind of screwed
1: See, I think Sean Blanc's method is the way that I would do it and I haven't done it yet, but he basically does the same thing you do. real heavy omnifocus, real heavy calendar, but then sits down in the morning and transfers all that information into a paper plan for the day. Goes into I uh, think he's using the Baron Fig confidant. So he'll take he'll open up omnifocus and then just break down the day in the notebook. Um so between that and something like the bullet journal, I think I, I could get behind something like that. I'm I'm close to my breaking point as far as planning goes, and I'm going to start forgetting things if I don't start organizing a little bit better. So yeah, this is going to be something I'm going to look into.
0: Yeah, I'm not 100% sure about that method because I don't know. I just feel like use one or the other mm-hmm. rather than everything. Yeah. Um. But you But know, then you get
1: to use pens and paper too.
0: I know i know but you know as as we always say on the show if it works for you then then go for it like yes do it but i rely quite heavily on the notifications of do this Mm. task throughout the day um or at least i believe i do Mm -hmm. uh, to prompt me to do things so
1: well good that's right use the system that works for you
0: indeed right let me just take a quick break and thank our first sponsor for this week's episode, and that is lynda.com. It's time to kickstart your new year and challenge yourself to learn something new, a free ten day trial to Lynda.com. Lynda is used by millions of people around the world and has over three thousand courses on topics like web development, photography, visual design, and business. All of their courses are taught by experts and they have new courses being added to the site every single week. You'll get unlimited access to every course on lynda.com when you sign up as well as all of these new courses that are being added every week. You have this huge, huge back catalogue to look through and you can watch these videos on your laptop or on your iPhone, your iPad, uh, your Android phone, your Android tablet, because they have great apps for those devices too. Whether you want to set new financial goals, invest in a new hobby or improve on your current job skills in 2015, lynda.com has something for everyone. Remember that fantastic logo design video course, uh, video we spoke about a couple of weeks ago featuring Aaron Draplin? That was a lynda.com video it's actually just seen over been seen over a million times now. I saw Mr. Draplin tweet the other day. But it's wow. so much Yeah, I know, there's so much other great lynda.com stuff. Like maybe maybe, you know, as many of lis- listeners to this show, Brad uh, maybe you're starting your own business. There are so many people that, that we hear from that are doing this sort of stuff. And this is something that lynda.com can help you with. Or maybe you just want to improve your skills in your current workplace. Maybe you need general management tips to help you when leading teams. They have a great course on going paperless as well, which is quite interesting. So you can get rid of a lot of the pesky paper that you don't want in your life, you know, bills and such. You can use uh, lynda.com's paperless course to, to help you learn how to manage that stuff a lot better. Or maybe you want want to learn a little bit more about getting things done you know we were just talking about productivity systems a moment ago a very popular one is the gtd method and you can learn about this from the man who created it david allen do something good for yourself in 2015 and sign up for a free 10-day trial to lynda.com by visiting lynda.com slash penaddict go ahead i challenge you to learn something new in 2015 thank you so much to lynda.com for supporting this show and all of relay fm
1: So, that's a good point about the GTD system, and that's something I need to go watch because even if you, the traditional GTD system is very hardcore and very rigid, but just listening and watching um, the videos about setting that up, you pick up a couple things, right, that you can use for your system. You don't have to be, you know, a hardcore GTD uh, believer, but you can pick up one or two things that fit into how you work. And uh, I, I think, you know, watching something like that, if you're not familiar with it, is a great idea. That's very cool. So, our, our, uh, you spoke about Aaron Draplin just a second ago, and we had an interesting field notes that uh, you added to the show notes, Mike.
0: Yes, indeedy. You,
1: so, <laughs> this, this field notes stuff is starting to become a little funny to me.
0: It's getting a bit ridiculous, I think, at yeah, I,
1: I think that's the word, ridiculous. Um, I mean, believe me, I love field notes and praise them, but it's the... It's the chase of these rare editions that I'm starting to get, um, find the ridiculousness in. And so one of the links that came up this week was one of the Field Notes DDC Factory Floor editions. And these are really cool editions. These are something that um, Aaron from time to time will make them for personal use and then make a small run um, that he will eventually sell. Um, Usually through the DDC shop, not through Field Notes. So, this is one of the standard issue memo books that he made, and it's numbered blank of a thousand. Well, the problem is it's literally numbered blank of a thousand. There's no number on it. So oh my God, the field notes went field notes went crazy. What does this mean? There's no number <laughs> on,
0: on the field notes, Mike. What are we gonna do? I don't find that ridiculous because that is kind of interesting because if you're able to get your hands on one of this one of these ones, it's like super rare. I think the mm. price that it's at is ridiculous. Yeah. So currently the current bid, this isn't like the starting price. This is the current bid of the 16 bids. It's $117.50. That's too much money, man.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's so I have much. one of these. I have one of these. Um, um and I didn't look and see what number it was. But it's a little crazy. I I admit. I mean, I still would be in the market just for a sealed three pack of Butcher Orange. I don't know what I'd pay for that. I'd I'd certainly have a limit. Just because then that would just, I would be done with it. But the non-Colors Editions editions, I almost have zero interest in. I'll pick them up if I can. Like, believe me, I love the Starbucks Roastery Edition. Or, you know, like we got the Capsule Edition a few years ago. Or the XOXO Editions. If we can get them for like a normal reasonable price, yeah. But when it starts really hitting this aftermarket hard, I'm like, it's almost laughable to this point. It's such a big thing now. Um, it's crazy. Who would have Who would have thunk it, Mike? Um, I, I remember back in the day, I was offered fifty dollars for my grass stained green, and I was like, "No, I'm going to use them," and I still am, and it's I haven't just, sold any yet. So,
0: I don't know what's perpetuating this aftermarket. I don't know if it's getting worse or if it's always been this bad. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's it's pretty um, yeah, it's 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 pretty it's it's getting pretty uh, out of hand at the moment. Yeah, yeah. So it's
1: interesting. I woke up to this link in my uh, in my Twitter feed today, Mike, and I went to go put it in the show notes and saw you already had it in there. But there's this really cool field notes in CSS site. Um, I guess our friend uh, Josh Ginter had this up on the newsprint, and it's from. Uh, well, we'll have the link in the show notes to get to this, but it's uh, show notes are at relayfm slash 137 That's it. I thought this I thought this was really neat. This is uh this is my kind of thing. And I almost wish um, whoever did this, I think his name's Ben, um, would take the CSS field notes that he created and move them to individual notebooks instead of the fanned out look. And that way I could use them for iOS wallpaper, like the American Tradesman would be super sweet as an iOS wallpaper. I would oh, like that.
0: have you uh, pressed down on them?
1: Oh, no. Press down on apart. them. Oh, get out. they don't come all the way apart they just no, they kinda, just fan bore how cool,
0: cool is that
1: <laughs> yeah that's pretty neat
0: yeah so I he did a really it.
1: good did a really good job setting all these up and it's all the way down to ambition edition so uh it's it's very cool so yeah like he says a silly thing built by bmjt made with lots of help from other smarter people but yeah i would love to have because these are just very very sa- simple plain colors and it would look good as uh, smartphone backgrounds so mm-hmm. that would be cool that would be cool so we'll have that in the link to the show notes for you to go check out now i did a review today that a lot of people wanted me to talk about um before i posted it's for the 14 karat gold caveco nib unit so did you know did, we talked about these how how they were coming out right mike Did you were aware of these nibs
0: uh it doesn't ring a bell
1: no okay yeah i wasn't sure but um, I've had it, uh, Kaveco sent it to me and a few other bloggers to uh, test drive, and it's a new part of their lineup. It's a nib. It's the small size n- number five gold nib that fits the vast majority of their pens. Not every pen, but it fits all the popular ones that we like, like Little Put, AL Sport, AC Sport, uh, Dia, and a few other ones. So it's kind of like, you know, consider it like your Pelican, your M205, right? You bought it with a steel nib, then you upgraded it to a gold nib. Same type of thing. You just screw it out and pop the new nib in. So, people wanted to know what I thought about it, so I posted it on the blog today, finally. And it's really good, um, as you would expect from a German gold nib. I mean, it's not the most special nib I have ever used in my life. You know, it's not some you know angel singing type thing but it's really really good um part of it made me why I didn't like l- totally love it it's a medium nib and that's a, the one nib size that I almost never use i'll either use extra fine or fine or broad and up but it's like right there smack in the middle the medium i almost never use it seems like um, it's just not my that the line width that i like the only real hang up with this is it's pretty expensive I think, relatively speaking, to other nibs. The good thing is that you only need one of these, in my opinion, because you just switch it out to the Kaveco pen you're using. And that's how I use my other, my steel nibs. How much is I it? Use, $100. Uh, 120 euros, so it's about $140. Right. Um, and they're not totally available yet. They're just starting, like Fonta Plumo has them, and they're four weeks out from being ordered. I didn't see any other online shops that were actually selling this yet. So, you know, it's pretty expensive. I'd like to pay about $100, which is what I wrote in the in the review. You know, I think $100 would be a good price, but, you know, it's 140 That's pretty high. You know, I can get a Lamy 2000 for that price, but it's also a very useful nib in the fact that, you can use it in so many different pens, and for such a fan of Koveco as I am, that's actually becomes pretty useful to me. Um, I probably have six or eight Kaweco pens that this would fit, and right now, I only use two nibs between all those anyway. I use an extra fine nib, or I use a stub nib that I had ground by Sean Newton, and whenever I decide to use one of my Little puts or AL Sports or whatever pen, I just decide which nib I want, and and screw it into the pin that I want to use. So having one of these I think would be useful, but it's not going to be like a immediate purchase just because it's really expensive. Um looks I think
0: looks pretty with the brass that I put.
1: Yeah, yeah. So I I played around, decided which one I wanted to take the photographs with, so that one uh, that one worked out pretty well. So this is the two-tone nib. Right now it's only available in medium, then they have the solid gold um nib and it's inv- available in the range from extra fine to double broad, I believe. So Right. Anyway, I just, uh, some people wanted to hear about that.
0: You know how we're making the worst podcast ever today, you know, like breaking all the rules and stuff. Yes. I have another rule to break. Okay. So I've found a spelling error in your post.
1: Oh, good. I, um, I like it. Oh, I just found it. I can't believe you said that. Approximately. Approximately. Yeah. I just happened to be scrolled right to that spot. Usually <laughs> Usually these posts launch at eight o'clock and usually by eight oh five I've got the spelling corrections in from the Twitterati. <laughs> um so, but that one's uh that one's hung out there. Are you people not reading my posts? What's going on out there?
0: Ugh, I hadn't seen that one.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I got so that one, yeah. No matter how many times you reread these posts, something always sneaks through. You can only uh only blind yourself so much with the text, so uh, I will fix that after the show. Thank you, Michael. I, I always appreciate the spelling and grammar corrections. I'm not one of those people that that uh, tells people to go jump in a lake. I, I want you to tell me so I can fix it, because I would be happy to have a <laughs> normal-looking post without spell- spelling errors. I like this main topic, Mike.
0: Yeah, you, so basically... You came up with this
1: all by yourself. <laughs>
0: I'm so proud of you. My little boy's all grown up. So today, uh, Brad sent me a message and he was like, I, I know I'm swamped. I need to do the to do the show notes, like to plan out the episode. And I was like, oh, I was terrified because I've never done that before, I don't think. And I was like, I have no idea what to talk about. Uh, and then I kind of came up with a, a few a few interesting things here. I think a bunch of follow up items I pulled in and a couple of topics, you know.
1: I think I yeah. did a good job. Shoot, yeah. I was I was raving about you, uh, at least to you. <laughs> I think that's Not a publicly.
0: career for me in this podcasting game.
1: I th- I think you've got it. And uh, yeah, you, you've got it good. So this topic, so out of the two topics you chose, one I had written down to add into the show notes, but this first one that we're going to cover, I think is a perfect topic, and it's rediscovering an old pen. Mm-hmm. So tell the... Uh, I know where the, the story originates from, and probably a lot of the listeners do, but why don't you give us the quick uh, background on, on why this came up.
0: So in case you didn't know, <laughs> I lost the pen recently, <laughs> okay? So you still, haven't, you still haven't found it,
1: right? Just no, so
0: I, I don't know where it is. Okay. I don't really want to talk about it, but I lost the pen. <laughs> uh, so I needed to replace the pen, like this is the pen that I keep next to me all the time uh, to keep to write down little show notes stuff with, you know, as in like, oh, need to pull out this part here or we had an audio issue here. So I keep little notes by that with pen and paper uh, because it's the easiest way for me to grab it. And sometimes I can be writing the notes whilst I'm talking and reading, right? Because it's just like a different part of my brain doing that bit. So I just was thinking, what should I go with? And I looked in my uh, lovely deck arrangements I have here. Around me, um, decided that I didn't want to use a retro fifty-one because it brought back too many memories about the lost pen for the time being. So I figured I would try something else. So I picked up my Twisby five forty Roc because it's one of the most beautiful pens that I own. Um, love, just love, love the look of this pen. Uh, I love that all the different colors and it's just a, a real a real beauty and it's fantastic that you can buy this again. I think. Um, and I've fallen back in love with it again. Which is which is really interesting. So I'd forgotten uh how nice it was to write with. I think I have a fine nib in this one. So that's different for me, you know, for like uh for, for fountain pens. I have uh mediums and fines and broads, but I don't have a lot of fines and, and I really like it. Uh, I like that you. By now, the, they actually have changed it. It's no longer the 540 Roc. It's the 580 USA, which I still want to get because that USA cap, man, that is super cool, and, and I want one of those. Yep. And see, now I'm like, I want two Twisbees now, so it's like, <laughs> hmm, interesting. And what isn't helping is the fact that I've fallen back in love with this Twisby again. Um, I mean, I'd had a, a brief time there where I didn't want to, where well, I was kind of uh, annoyed at Twisby. Uh, sure. Because I had some problems. Um, and in the the piston filling mechanism it's really not ideal because these pens, they, they get really jammed up. And I know they give you the grease for it, but sometimes it's too late, you know. Yeah, and I've had them um, like I had, I've, you know, I was I was uh, doing some work on my girlfriend's Twisby the other day, uh, and like the the basically the piece is like popped off on the inside, so you have to try and be really careful when you're using it, and you don't, you know, that happens when it happens, and sometimes you don't know it's going to happen until it happens. But so I need to I need to to use the grease that it comes with to to you know to do that with, but it's it's you know it's, it's not ideal, but. I've fallen back in love with this pen. I love the build quality. I love the way it looks. Like the build quality I am, the way it's finished, you know, the way it feels in the hand. I love the weight of it. Um, it's just interesting enough. The nib is fantastic. So it's a pen that I haven't used for a while and it's come back into solid rotation. So do you do this? Do you kind of like you use a pen for a while? You can fall out of love of it or you move on and then you come back to it and like you'd forgotten how incredible it was?
1: this is absolutely a thing absolutely for sure i'm i was trying I, I can think of a few that i that i go back and forth with like the pilot vanishing point for me falls into this category it's an all or nothing use for me when i use it i absolutely love every second with it it's great and every time i ink it up and if i haven't been using it in a while i remember how much I love this pen and why I love this pen so much. And then, you know, just sometimes going through the rotation of pens, you know, cleaning them out and, and, you know, and getting in some new pens into the rotation. And then I may not use it for a few months. And then just all of a sudden it'll hit me like, oh, I haven't used my vanishing point. And then I'll ink it up and start writing with it. And it's almost like a relief, you know, it's like, oh yeah, this is exactly what I remember this being like and it's this is why this pen's so great. And yeah, this happens. So I'd say the vanishing point um for me is kind of that pen because I don't have it inked up all the time. Uh, but when I do um re-ink one up, I realize that how much I've missed it. So that's a really good one. Um besides that one, I'm trying to think there's that's probably the primary one, but to me, this happens with inks for me too, because I have so many inks, and I know you're not—you don't have the uh, the ink collection that I do. What'd you put in your Twisby, by the way?
0: Uh, I put uh, Irojizuku Konpeki in here, which is the okay. blue, because yep. it's it matches the color of the pen so nicely.
1: Yeah, yeah, you know? that's great. So I have uh, my Nakaya uh, portable. Which is the first one I bought and probably my favorite. And I keep, I have all these fancy inks, right? I've got all these those Zukus and all these Ackermans and all these Sailor Limited Editions and just, you know, just stock full of all kinds of rare, unique, beautiful inks. I went back to Pilot Blue Black in my Nakaya. And I'm so happy. You know, it's such a good ink that I forget about. You know, it's one of the cheapest, well, cheap's the wrong word, inexpensive inks that I own, but it performs so well, it behaves so well, it's really pretty, and, you know, I I had Sailor Yamadori, which is a nice green, it kind of matched my Nakaya, you know, I like, I sometimes like to match my ink colors to my pens, you know, it's just kind of a, a overall feel type of thing, and i got tired of that ink so i flushed it out and i was like what am i going to put in this and it just you know dawned on me pilot blue black and i hadn't used that for months and months and months in any pen around at all and it's almost perfect it's like the perfect ink for that pen and it's one of the most inexpensive you know non-fancy inks i own but it is so good and that's the kind of realization i had um like this rediscovering thing so um Apparently I like Pilot a lot. <laughs> when I rediscover things, I go back to the Pilots. Um, one of the pins I miss, but it's not really a rediscovering, is my Pilot Custom Heritage 912 with the PO nib. That one I always miss, but I'm always aware that that one's there. That one never goes out of the mindset. Like maybe your Twisby goes out of the mindset. Like, do I even own this pen? Is it in my thought process or like the vanishing point with me? Sometimes it just doesn't exist, you know, because I'm using six or eight other pins and that doesn't exist. The PO nib actually always exists, but I don't use it all the time. But when I ink it back up, I always love it. So um, th- those are mine. And I think this is a really good thing. So I- I'd be interested to see if the listeners had any other pens that they haven't used for like a year or two, maybe not even that long, maybe six months that they go back to. And Twisby's one of those pens too. It's just always a good writing experience when I use it. So. So yeah, I thought that was super good, Michael. Way to go by you.
0: So I was just—I've just been saved money. Uh, yeah, because I can't find uh, the five eighty orange AL in stock in any UK mm-hmm. stockists. Yeah. Otherwise, there'd be one on the way already.
1: I think I'm gonna have to jump on that bandwagon too. So many of our listeners keep sending us those yep. and raving about them. Yep. I—I haven't bitten the bullet yet. But I keep telling myself the past few weeks that that's the that's the next pen I need to order, so uh, I'm gonna be uh, on the lookout for that too, and maybe pull the trigger on that in the next week or so.
0: I think I'm so. gonna put a little uh, notify me when in stock at call Pens and cool. I think I get in fine as well. There,
1: there you go. Twisby's nibs are really good. They're really um, straightforward on sizing, like Lamy. Extra fine and fine nibs write very, very wide, I believe. I think Twisby, if you get a fine nib, it's gonna write what you mentally think a fine nib would write like. So that's why that's one of the reasons why I uh I uh, talk about Twisby so much, just because of how just how good they are. I mean, I know there's definitely some uh maintenance issues with them, but um, you know, it's just one of those things. But uh, awfully good pen. Yeah,
0: look, I'm looking forward to getting my hands on one of those. I've wanted it for ages and keep kind of putting it off, putting it off. But I haven't bought myself a pen in a long time. Yep. This might be a nice, a nice little addition.
1: All right, so we got one more uh, kind of uh, very interesting topic that we alluded to earlier. So I want to get to that. But let's talk about our good friends at Squarespace.
0: Squarespace are the all-in-one platform that make it fast and easy to create your own professional website, portfolio, and online store, and they are back again to support the Panatic Podcast. For a free trial and ten percent off, visit squarespace.com and enter the offer code INC at checkout. Squarespace, start here, go anywhere when it comes to giving yourself a place on the internet to put your wares to put your site to put your thoughts there's nowhere better than squarespace they put all the power that you need into your hands and take away all of the stuff that you don't want to have to worry about like hosting scaling or what to do if you get stuck with something this is because they have their great support so if you get stuck with anything at squarespace you can get in touch with their great support team They're available 24-7 for you with live chat and email. They have teams located in New York City, Dublin, Ireland, and in London who are there to help you when you need it. I mentioned about putting your wares somewhere. What about Squarespace's commerce platform that allows anyone to add their own store to their site? They have that rock-solid fast hosting that I mentioned and they're great page building system. So Squarespace is built on top of this page building system. It's called a WYSIWYG page building system. What you see is what you get. And this basically means that you develop, you build, and you customize your Squarespace site with drag-and-drop tools, with little... Uh, You can select, oh, I want to have this font, this color. And as you're making all the suggestions and you're dragging the sliders and changing the colors and changing the fonts, it's all happening in front of you right next to the selection. You kind of got like, And then only 75% of the screen and then 25% of the screen. 25% is all your controls and the other 75% is your website updating for you in real time. And you're building on top of their beautiful templates. They've added a new 15 fantastic looking templates to Squarespace 7. They all feature responsive web design. It means it's going to look fantastic on your iPhone, your iPad, or on your desktop machine too. They've partnered with Getty Images as well, so you can cover your new website with fantastic imagery. For just $10 an image, you will not find prices like that elsewhere. Squarespace have done a great deal with Getty, and they want to do that deal for their customers. If you sign up for a year with Squarespace, you can allow yourself a free domain name as well, which allows you to give the name that you want to your website. Squarespace plans start at just $8 a month. You can sign up for a free trial right now with no credit card required and start building your website today by going to squarespace.com. And when you decide to sign up, make sure that you use the code INC. That's going to get you 10% off your first purchase and show your support for the Panadic podcast. Thank you so much to Squarespace for their support of this show and all the real AFM. Squarespace. Start here, go
1: anywhere, you know that code uh ink I see people using that they they tweet me that they use that you know at least once a week. It seems like I'm seeing something about that, so we really legitimately appreciate that guys and gals for using uh our codes and um working with our sponsors to uh for this show it uh, it helps keeps us going and uh it's it's really awesome to see you guys um uh, using these tools and loving them as much as we do indeed, one quick thing before we uh get into this next topic. The Greg 82 in the chat room mentioned that the Philly Pin show is this weekend. So um, I know we're going to have a bunch of uh, people there, a bunch of listeners and readers of the blog there. So I want to see all your wares. So take us some pictures and um, let us know your haul from the Philly Pin show this weekend. And maybe we'll uh, talk about some of that next week. (laughs) All right, Mike, if it's not well known that we have a problem with pens, it's pretty clear we have a problem with notebooks too. Mm-hmm. So I posted a photo on Instagram. I was doing some reviews this weekend and I was going through my backpack, getting a bunch of pens and notebooks out. Then I realized in my backpack, my dome, my topo mountain bag, I had five notebooks that all had what I consider active notes in them things I'm actually using and I (laughs) once I put them all out on the desk I was like what am I doing and then I realized um you not too too much later I think you said you have this problem too so tell me what you're what you're using your notebooks how many you have going right now or what what do you have going on do you have a do you have the problem that I'm having
0: of course I do. Uh, so <laughs> Currently, I have on the go, I have right next to me, I have an arts and S- field notes. These are all field notes, by the way, for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I have an arts and sciences edition, um, which is sitting right next to me here, which I use to keep the show notes. Um, so it's where I take my show notes and they, uh, all the information that I'm writing down, as I mentioned earlier, that I'm doing with my Twisby is going in there. Um, then we have a another field notes. We have one of the factory floor additions. That is where I'm keeping notes uh, of this, this new project that I'm working on. I'm keeping some notes for that in there. Um, programming notes and interviewing notes and that kind of thing. So everything's going in there for that one. Uh, I have a pale lager uh, drink local, which is my general meeting on the phone, you know, like... Type notebook. So I'm like I'm having a call with someone. We're talking about sponsorship, or we're talking about a show, or talking about an idea, or something like that. Um, that's where that notebook. That's where all that stuff goes into. Uh, and then in my bag, I have a um, one of the luminous green exposed editions. Mm. That is my kind of like on the road notebook, where I write some stuff down. And I also have one of uh, the new NotCo notebooks in there as well, although I've yet to work out a use for it. So that's kind of me at the moment. That's how many notebooks I currently have on the go. I have a couple of other notebooks in my bag, in my Topo bag, but then I haven't got any notes in them.
1: Okay. So why are you carrying those? Just in case? Backup?
0: Just notebooks, you know? Break in case of emergency? You never know. Notebook <laughs> emergency, you know, new ideas, new projects. Can't dare write in the same notebook more than once. So, you know.
1: Yep. So I have that. T- <laughs> I do the same thing. I'm giving you a hard time when I do the exact same thing. So let me go through my uh, my notebook carry right now. So I have my, my Notco uh, dot dash notebook. That's my inbox notebook, if you will. So that's the um, kind of one of the like the omnifocus or gtd theories like there's a place where you just capture stuff um and then that stuff usually gets audited and moved elsewhere into things as you need as you need so i use the notco notebook for just general capture um whatever like i had an i just like just some random idea uh the other night and i just wrote down this random idea in there or I'll put the show notes in there um, or like the show planning stuff in there. I'll put down other project planning. I'll put down sketches. It's just kind of the catch-all inbox book. So from there, if I need to elaborate on something, so say something out of there becomes a project, that's moved into the Field Notes Day Game White Red Edition. I use that for projects um, that are kind of active. In short term, if you will. So, that's... Like, I did all the planning for the Field Notes Ranking Edition. uh, Podcast episode, I'm sorry. That we did in that book. So, that took a few pages of planning to put that episode together. And get all my notes down for that. And then, longer term project stuff. Has been going into the Midori Travelers. And this is a whole episode in the making. Because... I can't figure this book out. The Midori Traveler's Notebook, I have just the black leather cover and I have two inserts. Ever since I got it, people have been um, hitting me up, tell us about it, review it, do something with it. I I can't yet <laughs> because I don't know what I'm doing with it. I, it's one of those products... That I cannot explain. I love it so much. I want it with me all the time, but I don't use it in a hardcore fashion that it deserves. It's super hard to explain, but I actively use it, um, for like long-term projects, like the three questions, um, um, post that I do on the pen addict. I keep a list of, you know, who I've gotten to do it, who I would like to do it, you know—that's kind of the running list of the people I want to do that project. And I don't—I have that in there. Instead you of
0: have in there like the people that have had the email in their inbox for eleven days and haven't done anything about it. Yet?
1: I do, I do. You have a special—you ah. have a special little, uh special With little me? mark next to <laughs> me. What are you talking about? <laughs> So, but I do that for the longer term stuff because I don't want it in necessarily a memo book like the knock book or the field notes book because those I feel is more temporary books, right? Those, if I put something in there and I fill up that notebook, that notebook's going to get shelved and unless I digitally scan it or remember exactly where I wrote down these notes, they're going to be harder to find for me. So I put that in a more, I don't know if the... The larger size of the Midori makes me think that's a more permanent home for my notes. I don't know. So the Midori is, is something I've got to figure out because I, I'm i enamored with it, but I can't figure out my usage of it. Um, It could be like kind of like the one and only notebook, although I'll obviously never have that because the problem is, and you have this problem too, is I like so many of these products. I want to use them, right? You know, it's not you know, that we're just doing this randomly, (laughs) you know, it's like, oh, this is cool. I want to use it. So we use it. Um, the dome paper, the, uh, large utility book, that's kind of like a scratch pad. Um, I keep that on my desk a lot. That goes, that sometimes, sometimes for a couple days stays on the desk. Um, I'll do a lot of ink samples. I'll do a lot of like pre-review pen testing. Um, it's kind of my pen testing notebook, kind of things like that. And then the Field Notes Roastery Edition is the book I want to use, but I haven't figured out how to use it yet. So it's got blank pages right now, um, except for the back page where I did some ink testing on, which I do in a lot of new notebooks. The very last page of the notebook, I'll just scribble some stuff because I don't want to. I want to test it out first, see how I like it, and then. Uh, but I don't want to uh, deface the first page of of the notebook with just junk. So that's my notebook that I'm carrying that I'm not using yet, but. I gotta find a um a way to use that book because it's really cool. So that's uh that's my problem. So the issues with this are the overlap. You know, my field notes day game and my Midori, what I use both of those for, could be consolidated into one notebook, I believe. Um, kind of short-term projects and long-term projects. Like the Midori, you can carry multiple notebooks in, right? So I could have a short-term project notebook and I could have a long-term project notebook. And even in the Midori, you could add in an, a third notebook, and that could be my inbox. So that's kind of a almost a system where I feel that the field notes and the memo books, the other memo books, don't and knock memo books that I'm using. They're more temporary, right? They're fleeting. The ideas and they're fleeting. And then they, when they get elaborated on into a bigger idea, they go into a more permanent home. So that that's kind of my thought process on all this. Do you have um do you find yourself searching through different books for different things? Or are you pretty locked down to those usage? Like you had defined usages for your notebooks, right? Do you ever find yourself searching for something I thought was here, but it's somewhere else?
0: No, uh, those usages are, are good enough. Like they're locked down enough, and I don't, I don't burn through the notebooks either. So, like, pretty much, if I'm looking for it and it's in recent memory, it's going to be in the current one. Mm-hmm. You know, because obviously, the, the the problem that you can find is you you then never know where to look because it's like I now have this stack of notebooks who knows which one was for this purpose and which one was for this purpose. Mm. But because I have... the Because the usages are split in such a way that it means that no notebook's going to get very quickly used, uh, it, it works quite nicely, you know?
1: Yep, yep. So Mikey React in the chat room says, how do you decide which field notes to use when you finish another off? I need to start another field notes tomorrow. So the first answer is the first option is always the newest one, the newest Colors Edition. So if I have another Notebook and another Field Notes in progress when the new Colors Edition comes out, that's obviously gonna be my next choice. Now in the case of this last Colors Edition, I started using the Ambition Edition and didn't love it, so I wanted to use something else. Then I try to pick something, rare is not the right word, but unique you know, I don't want to just pick a craft notebook, or I don't want to just fall back to the last edition. Um, I want to pick something that's really going to interest me and be kind of cool, that I think is kind of cool for myself to use. It makes me want to use it more, makes me feel better about myself carrying it. And, you know, I like carrying around this white and red day game edition just because you don't see it a lot. And it's one of my favorite single editions. So that's why I went with that one. Um, So, but, you know, I have plenty of unused notebooks I could choose from a lot of them but I tend to go back if I'm not using the current edition I'll go back several editions and that ends up being kind of a rolling thing right you know you know, a few months from now you know maybe I'll use you know uh, an unexposed you know late this year because I haven't used one in a while and so um, it it, it kind of goes through that do you have any rhyme or reason on, on why you choose any, any of the books like field notes to use
0: again if it isn't new Uh, maybe I already have one in my mind that I want to use for for whatever reason. I'm like, oh, I want to use the drink local because I haven't used one of those in a while, or I'll just start digging through and find out what sort of what like what takes my eye, like what what takes my fancy next time, and I'll just pick one of those up, you know.
1: And I will say, what's funny is I tend to go for the colors edition ones. I almost never pick one of the. Like the off editions, you know, the uh, sponsored or branded editions. I guess is what I'm trying to say. I don't know why. I, I I've got no rhyme or reason for that. I, that just hit me. It's like I almost never pick one of those. I almost pick some older colors edition. So yeah, so interesting. But we're not alone in this problem. Uh, our friend Jeremiah on uh, on Twitter, Jim Cant. I think he had when he saw my post about uh, causing myself problems with all these other notebooks. He has 11 currently in use um that's... I, that's a little extreme um like i i like to say a lot no problem detected but um you might have a problem there jeremiah <laughs> you might need a you might need a intervention so um but I, i'd be interested to see i i can see a lot of people using like three notebooks when you start getting up into like five and six and more, I'm wondering what you're really using those for. So I would be curious to hear that. So, you know, let, let Mike and I know, and maybe we'll, we'll cover that more too, and and see what other uses people are having for, for these notebooks as we go through, go through the future episodes. So uh, we'd like to hear it. And um, I think, uh, I think that's it. I think, let's let's tell them how to get in touch with us and give us all this information and we'll we'll call this a show.
0: If you go to relay.fm slash penaddict slash 137, you'll find the show notes for this episode along with some other links and you can get in touch with us. If you want to send us an email, there's a great link there. You can just tap the button and it will do that. Or you can find us on Twitter. I am at imike, I-M-Y-K-E and Brad is at dowdyism, D-O-W-D-Y-I-S-M. Uh, Brad is penaddict on Instagram and I'm imike on Instagram as well. Um, I I figure there's an interesting crossover there. I think that's mm-hmm. a, yeah, you know, people, yeah. So I think people would like to know that. Absolutely. And of course, Brad writes the fantastic penaddict.com. We'll be back next time with another episode of the Pen Addict podcast. Thanks to Linda and Squarespace for helping us out with this week's episode. Until then, say goodbye, Brad. Goodbye, Brad.